Lupus LA would like to thank our generous sponsors for their support of the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Emerge Business Solutions serves as a personal and professional CFO for clients across a wide spectrum of industries. They handle financial affairs with integrity and transparency. Gemini Beauty believes in beauty for a cause, and in their case, the cause is lupus. The team at Gemini is changing the skincare game for good. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lupus LA podcast, Your Story, Our Fight. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, uh, and as always, I'd like to thank our sponsors right at the top of the show because uh, they allow us to tell these incredible, inspiring lupus stories. And today, you are going to love our guest today. Uh, I am welcoming Samantha Booth. Samantha is the host and creator of Heal with Samantha on YouTube, uh, and it, it's giant. It's growing. It's uh, 23,000 plus subscribers, and um, it's really about sharing your positive story about lupus and other health struggles, um, much like this show is sort of geared to do. So I think we have have like minds for sure, Samantha, and uh, I'm excited to share your story on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and to share my story and help spread awareness and positivity. Now, what I love about your story, and we're going to get to your competitive basketball is such a big part of your story, but it's really an athlete's story about lupus. And you were on a very specific path and lupus really, I think, had such a big impact in that path. And I, I always find that to be a very interesting part of people's diagnosis. It's it's how it's sort of intertwined. So tell me, I know you were diagnosed at age 14, so right around the time you started high school. But tell me a little bit about pre-high school and, um, you know, growing up and tell me about how you started basketball and, and, and all of that. Yeah, of course. So first of all, I am six feet tall and I had the height for it. So my parents just kind of threw me in basketball and it ended up coming pretty naturally to me. Uh, so I got really competitive in middle school. And this is just a few years before I was diagnosed and I was on travel teams and I was going to camps where college coaches were. And I was really working towards getting a scholarship in basketball. And that was, it was tunnel vision at that point. Um, and then I got diagnosed with lupus at 14. It came on unexpectedly. Um, my parents just kind of thought it was growing pains. Um, I I was complaining more, I was feeling weak, and I was starting to kind of lose my spark with basketball as that was happening. Um, and then I just kept pushing through and eventually my body just broke down on me. So your early symptoms were more like joint related and, and just body aches, that kind of thing? Yeah, so I uh, definitely had the joint pain. I was swollen all over. Um, my back was going out. That was one thing that kind of stuck out where I wouldn't be able to run. Um, and then I also had the Renauds, which I think is pretty common for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so you talked about the spark going away. Was the spark going away because physically it was more and more challenging for you to play? Yeah, exactly. So uh, for example, I was at that time, a freshman in high school, and that's when it gets really competitive. 
I did make the varsity team. Um, I had lupus at the time, but didn't realize it yet. It took about probably eight to nine months for me to realize that something was really going on. Um, and I could just, like I started the season starting. Um, so playing right when the, you know, the game starts. And then I ended up going more to being on the bench as the season went on. And I just didn't understand what was happening to me. Why was I getting worse? Even though I was practicing. Did your coaches call it out? Did they notice something specific or was it just sort of a very slow burn kind of process? Um, I think it was more of like, oh, she's just not as aggressive. She's just not as, uh, you know, uh, motivated. That's how Mm -hmm. they saw it rather than, you know, I was, dealing with an illness unknowingly. And so at what point did you say, wait a second, this isn't normal. <clears throat> I need a, a doctor intervention here. Yeah. So I was actually the first moment I realized something might be wrong. You know, you're, you're a healthy young teen. You don't think anything's going to go wrong. Um, I was in PE running the mile and my hands were turning purple and my friend mentioned to me, oh, my aunt has that. It might mean, it might mean you have uh, some other illnesses. You should probably get that checked out. And so I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then during that run, my back also went out. So my friends had to help me get down the stairs. And I remember being distraught because I had tryouts for a competitive basketball season or team that weekend. So I uh, was just hyper-focused on that. What am I going to do? Why, why is this happening? Um, my body was just starting to fall apart. And I pushed through the tryouts and tried my best. And I just remember I was on the brink of passing out. Um, I was pushing myself so hard. And uh, my parents saw how sick I was. And we went to the doctors the next day. Um, and everything went really fast from there. And you're in um, the Las Vegas area, right? Yes. And so I know just from my work with Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, there are not very many pediatric rheumatologists in Nevada. Uh, Actually, I think they all come in from California, right? So tell me how the diagnosis process went in a place that is not a major hub for autoimmune physicians. Yeah. So when I got to the pediatric rheumatologist, we learned that she actually flies in, as you said, from California, and there were no pediatric rheumatologists in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is, it's not, I mean, it's a smaller city, but it's not a small city. It's so a city. It's, it's a legit yeah, city. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we learned, you know, that she was the only one. And I'm not sure if they have a specific pediatric rheumatologist now, uh, but there's so many, you know, patients that need to be seen by her. So, but she was excellent. She was able to get me in whenever it, the process is actually faster, I think, than it, when you're diagnosed as an adult. Mm-hmm. And so... How quickly after your diagnosis did you start treatment? Did you start to feel better? What was that process like? And did that um, did that play a part in your mental approach to basketball? I mean, was there still 
was that kind of, what was the conversation around that? You know, now that you figured out, okay, something is wrong and, and treatable, you know, how did that conversation go? Yeah. So from there, you know, it was just about getting myself to a point where I physically felt better. I feel like once I found out what I had, my body just kind of like it felt everything then. I was kind of mm-hmm. pushing off all that pain, even though I was feeling it, it was overwhelming at that point. Um, so I took a break the basketball season. That's interesting. You were, you were basically like almost holding it all in and trying so hard to focus on the task at hand that once you got the diagnosis, it was almost like you got permission to feel bad. And then, and then a wave of symptoms hit. I, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. So I just, kind of dealt with it at that point. Uh, Luckily, it was at the end of basketball season and the school year was about to finish. So I had the whole summer just to rest physically and take a break and kind of, you know, learn all about it. Um, And then from there, after the summer, I worked hard by just slowly getting my body moving and working my way back so I could play basketball in the fall again. And so tell me about that fall season. You come back sophomore year, you've, presumably you're on medicine, you're, you know, you have a diagnosis. Where were you at mentally and where were you at sort of in the basketball level world? Did you, did you go right back to the varsity team? That kind of thing? Yeah. um, So at that point I was uh, put on medication like uh, prednisone and methotrexate. uh, And then I was feeling good enough to where I asked my rheumatologist, Hey, can I play basketball? I needed permission uh, in order to play. And she was very hesitant. She did not want me to play. (laughs) I had to physically write her a letter when I went to my next appointment and give it to her to show how much it meant to me for me to be able to play. Um, So I, was able to get her permission and I ended up making the varsity team. And uh, physically it was really difficult, but I feel like mentally it was even harder because it's, Mm -hmm. you're trying to prove yourself. um, And it's like all these people watching don't realize what I am overcoming right now. So Mm -hmm. it was really me trying to push past that and get over the fact that I may look a little weaker than my peers uh, even though I'm trying my best, but it's because I have all these things happening to my body. Did the fact that you had the diagnosis give you um, a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit more sort of mental relief in the, you know, because it, before you were diagnosed, the mental part was weighing on you. Like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? So knowing that why it's happening does that free you up a little bit to, um, you know, work in a different way, I guess? Yeah, I definitely feel like it allowed me to at least know what was going on and to feel, you know, that there was a reason for my pain. There's a reason why I'm weaker. And it kind of pushed me more to work harder, essentially. Um, and I was also very, from the beginning, uh, I talked about lupus a lot. I shared it with all my peers, my friends, everyone kind of knew. I did walks where I would speak 
and invite the whole school. So I was just very open about it. And I feel like that did help me as well. And so how did you play your sophomore year? I mean, how did, how did your, how did your, give me the sort of the rest of the arc of your basketball career and, and how it played into college, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So the rest of it um, from sophomore to senior, I played varsity. I continued to play and uh, I essentially became the six man. So I wasn't sitting out the whole time, but I wasn't starting either. So it's kind of that in between. Mm -hmm. uh, and for scholarships and things like that, I did get a few offers from like uh, D3. Um, and I just essentially decided it's just not for me anymore. Even though I love the sport and it was hard for me to let that go, I figured uh, it was best for my body not to continue on. It would be a lot of stress and I just wanted to focus more on my academics. And how tough was that decision? Because obviously, you know, your dream of getting offers from college to play college basketball, even though maybe it was altered a little bit by which division you thought that dream was still kind of right there. How tough a decision was that to make for you? Uh, it was definitely, I would say devastating. I feel like any diagnosis where your whole life alters, you just have to learn how to grieve that dream. And that's what I had to do. And, you know, I had nights and days where I would just kind of, be sad about it, but eventually you get over it and you learn that sometimes those things happen for a reason or they'll lead to other things in your life that you didn't know would happen. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to take a break. This is a good, good spot for a break because once you put that decision to bed, that's where sort of the next phase comes in is, all right, now what do you do? So I want to talk about that right after the break. Uh, we'll be right back with more from Samantha. Lupus LA's fellowship program is an essential part of ensuring the training of future rheumatologists. The nation is experiencing a serious shortage of pediatric rheumatologists. Today, there are approximately 300,000 children diagnosed with rheumatic conditions in the United States, but only about 250 practicing pediatric rheumatologists to meet this tremendous need. Call 310-657-5667 or visit our website at lupusla.org to support the efforts of Lupus LA. We are back on the Your Story, Our Fight podcast with Samantha Booth. And uh, Samantha, as I mentioned, is the host and creator of Heal with Samantha on YouTube uh, and Instagram. And um, so now let's take me back. Let's take me back. So we, we've talked about basketball now let's talk about the experience about sharing your story and when that started, what was the impetus for that? And, you know, take me through that process. Yes. Uh, so basically basketball also kind of inspired my YouTube channel because I was looking online, just searching Google uh, and I couldn't find anyone who played basketball with lupus. I was just trying to find someone. I would look up arthritis in basketball, lupus in basketball. No one was online that actually shared their story of how they overcame and was a, were able to play a sport. Uh, so I decided to share my story and I shared how, you know, I 
got diagnosed with lupus and basically everything we just went over of how I was still able to make varsity and, you know, continue to play a sport that I loved. And that's what inspired. And this is in high school you started this. Yeah. In 2010. So just one year, basically after my diagnosis. And so tell me how that, um, what was the response to that? I mean, I'm assuming your peers in school saw it, right? What, what was the early response you got? Um, so early, it started off a little slow, um, but, you know, people were inspired and I started connecting with uh, others with lupus online as well. There are very few creators back then. Uh, there's two that I can remember actually sharing their story online. Uh, mm -hmm. So from there, I just kind of started going with the trend of vlogging and uh, started sharing my day to day and making informational content as well about what medications I was taking, what to do to prepare for your doctor's appointment, how to advocate for yourself and just basically sharing what I was learning as I was also dealing with it. And I'm assuming your your high school friends are alongside you creating their YouTube channels of skateboarding and and you know I don't know doing you know uh, parkour or whatever was popular back then, right? So how did your friends react to the seriousness of the content that you're putting up? Yeah, um, I feel like they, you know, I tried to make it fun too as well, and I would also share like my daily life. So they would star in some of my videos too. And I always, back then it was like a, a flip camera, it was called. Uh, so I would carry yeah. that thing around and I would just film everyone. I would bring it to my doctor's appointments. Um, so I became known as the person always recording everyone <laughs> with permission, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, and I remember the flip cam. Those were, those were pretty cool. Very fast. It's uh, easy to do. So... And what, how did your doctors feel? I'm assuming carrying a camera into a doctor's appointment was not very common back then. Yeah. Um, so I didn't always, you know, record the doctor's appointments essentially, but I remember um, when my rheumatologist found out about it, she was like, oh, that that's actually really cool that you do that. Um, I think that, you know, recording and vlogging was so new back then. So even the fact that I shared my story and was so open about it. She was, you know, she wasn't a very talkative doctor. So it was really nice to hear that. Mm -hmm. Great. So what, so now you take me through, you finish high school. Where is the YouTube channel at that point? Where, like, where's the momentum? And then, and then you have to make this sort of decision about what's next in your life. Tell me a little bit about that transition. Yeah. Uh, so it just started you know, it, it started really gradually growing. And I feel like once I got into college, that's when it kind of blew up to where it is now. And I'm on and off of it now. Um, I feel like there's a lot of focus on Instagram. And now there's TikTok, there's so many different platforms, but I just, you know, continue to share what I can and to continue advocating as well. Um, so I just kept doing that. And now I'm focusing more on content that is positive and uh, rather than, you know, in the beginning, it was more about my bad days and, you know, this is what it's like and how overwhelming it can be. And even though I still share that content, I try to make it more positive. Like 
I know I'm going to be better in a few months. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get stronger. I, you know, just trying to bring more of that because it can be really daunting to talk negatively all the time about your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I'm sure. So tell me about the response you get. I mean, with 23 plus thousand subscribers, I mean, you're one of the bigger lupus um, messengers, I I would say. So tell me what sort of feedback you get from patients around across the country? Yeah, um, it's a lot of positive comments. Um, it's been great just to connect with others with lupus. It's not only, you know, like, I don't, I guess I'm helping them, you know, but it's, it's helped me too to connect and to be able to hear their stories and know that I'm not alone. Um, and in response, I get that from them as well saying, you know, when I first got diagnosed and I searched it, I found your page and it really helped me to, uh, you know, go through the diagnosis and learn that I'm going to be okay. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's interesting. I think the feedback from the podcast perspective, we don't get as much feedback as I think you might on a YouTube channel. I mean, I know our podcast is in a lot of places, but Personally, we haven't gotten a ton of feedback. So if you're out there and you want to give us feedback, we're happy to take it. But um, this is my little plug. But I think I think it does, you don't sort of realize until you hear one or two stories from people about what kind of difference that sharing your story makes. So tell me, if you're talking to a newly diagnosed or a recently diagnosed lupus patient, what do you think the importance of sharing your story um, how do you think that factors into your personal healthcare and um, and and how you manage the the disease? Yeah, um, so I feel like it really helps me to. I just feel like from speaking out about it and connecting with everyone, it really helped me to grasp what lupus and other autoimmune diseases can be like not just individually for me, but for so many others, I'm able to see, you know, all different sides of the disease. And I, I've grown so much knowledge just from that. And whenever someone writes me and they're like, Oh, I have lupus and I'm having this symptom, like I'll physically look it up and try to learn more. So I feel like as a patient myself, I have so much knowledge when I'm going into the doctor's offices and when I'm advocating for myself that I know what to expect more. Um, and, you know, not that I'm able to help them, you know, I always tell mm -hmm. them go see a physician or talk to a doctor, but it just has been really eye opening to be able to see all the different sides of lupus. Yeah. I think that's, I, I think that's so helpful and, um, and it's inspiring. And I love what you said about, um, taking your story and turning it inspirational and positive. Cause I, that's, that's sort of the thing when we started this podcast, I was like, you know, I really want to make sure we're not sharing everybody's disaster story as much as we're sharing their redemption story. Um, and that to me is, I think so important. And if that, if there's any sort of thing I can share with people, it's about that. It's about, okay, yes, we all are going to have these horrible, symptoms and, and bad days, et cetera. But what do you do with those? 
you know? And I, so tell me sort of on your bad day, what brings you back? What, what makes you um, fight through it? Yeah. Um, so for me, I, you know, it, lupus, there's always ups and downs, ups and downs. It's, it's constant. It's, it's overwhelming. And in the beginning it was really, you know, for me, it was hard to get out of that negative space because it was like, oh my gosh, every time I have a good day, there's 10 bad days, you know? And I feel like I was able to kind of fight through that, knowing that those good days are so important to me and that I can achieve that and I can do so much. And I just see myself as, you know, essentially, I guess, a warrior, a lupus warrior, and that this is something that I have to fight. This is how my life went. And I'm just going to try and make the best of what I, what I've was given. Do you still shoot hoops in the backyard in the, in the, uh, in the backyard, in the driveway? No, not really. Um, it's been quite a few years since I've done that. I'm more into like Pilates and things like that now. Right. As all lupus patients are or should be right. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad we didn't do this uh, in person because six feet, I am certainly not close to that. So uh, it would it might have looked a little strange, but uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. Tell me, tell everybody what's next for your channel. Like where, where are you going? What, what do you have planned? Yeah. Um, so I'm just continuing down the path I am. I'm trying to connect with more creators and uh, the community as well. And I have you know, a lot of big goals. I, I want to continue doing this as long as I can. Um, and I'm also looking to help. Um, I just started a new adventure of with a friend of mine where I'm looking to help connect chronic illness creators with brands and essentially help brands see that, you know, our voice is important and that we should be represented more in the media and on social media as well. I love that mission. I think that's, that's so important. I mean, I, I think, you know, as a, as a uh, podcast that needs sponsorship and things like that, it's really, I mean, all of Lupus LA is really the corporate relationships are so important and the pharmaceutical relationships are important, but beyond the pharmaceutical, it really is about getting product companies interested in marketing to your, you know, I've always said we're the best, uh, group for a sunscreen company to come in and, uh, yeah, exactly. and sponsor us. And you know what I mean? It just, there are certain things that make a lot of sense. So, uh, I love that you're doing that. And I love that you shared your story here with me and, and, uh, wish you all the best success. And, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. On behalf of the entire team at Lupus LA, we thank you for joining the, your story, our fight podcast. Please tune in, spread the word, and come back for more inspiring lupus stories. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, wishing you good health, and to always remember, your story is our fight.